Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Plenty of Texas football talk this morning, as always, over our five hours, five days a week. We've heard a lot from Sark, talked about Chris Del Conte on his way to a new seven-year contract extension with the university. That, according to the Board of Regents, they've cleared the path on the agenda to make that official. CDC. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. And I I love that now behind the scenes, this is why Sark and all the the sports are in a great position to succeed. It's because there is – uh, unanimity behind the scenes. The BBs are back in the box. Kevin Eltive, Jay Hartzell, CDC, uh, Chris Plonsky, all the, the decision makers behind the burn orange curtain, they seem to be on the same page, all efforts directed toward the same goal. That's when Mac Brown, the late great DKR, talked about and described that's the BBs in the box, and that's when the brand is at its most dangerous. Yeah, alignment. Mm-hmm. Alignment. There aren't factions, and there aren't... Uh... Uh, and then yeah. that's that's credit CDC. He's done a good job. And, uh, every decision he's made has not been, you know, the best in some people's opinion. Same time, he's made a lot of great ones, right? Yeah. If you're if you're going hitting about 90 percent, exactly. you're, going to be you're making an average. You're not going to be batting a thousand. No, Come on, man. no, no. Every none decision of you make can be great, but I would, I'm with you. He wins more than he loses. And he's got. <laughs> uh, and if the football team can join the rest of the, because every other program is playing to an elite level, right? I mean. You know, basketball was nearly in the Final Four last year for Rodney Terry. Mm-hmm. Baseball has been to Omaha many times with David Pierce. They need to take that next step and win when they get to Omaha. But, And then, of course, volleyball is a juggernaut, track and field, swimming and diving. They won the Director's Cup twice. Uh, yep. No one had ever beat, won that Director's Cup not named Stanford, and Texas took it from them. Uh, so, yes, he's built a great athletic department. The facility upgrades have been tremendous. He's a rainmaker. And then uh, ne- ne- next up is that... UT. Inside. Is it? UT indoor, uh, indoor, indoor facility. facility, yeah. yeah. That's the next phase. And you want to have a strong leader at the helm with alignment as you head into the SEC next year that, that's going yeah. to. Uh, and you have so much uncertainty. And Well, I don't know if it's uncertainty. Well, it's still uncertainty. But the landscape of college sports has really shifted dramatically in like a four-year period where – I mean, you have consider COVID part of that too, with COVID and everything that happened with that, then a transfer portal, then NIL, and every all that's happened within the last four years to dramatically change the, the the landscape of college sports. And you do need strong leadership. You do need a leader that is uh, that has a vision for the program, um, that has the ability, the political capital, that has the strategic vision to execute it and to you know help Texas kind of maximize the brand. And he is one of those guys. Texas has strong leadership. And I, I brought up L-Type and Jay Hart. So those guys, they're, they've proven to be strong leadership in these uncertain well, times. And, and I think those are the guys that really had the foresight <laughs> to get ahead of the move to the SEC. That came yes, out of nowhere did. for most people. Um, and, and understanding the, the, the changing landscape, uh, the TV partnerships. And, look, that's mm-hmm. going to change again. I mentioned earlier, but this is something to keep an eye on. Uh, this is a big story, folks. This is a huge story. 
Uh, front office sports. Potentially the biggest story in sports right now, oh, if sure. it happens. <laughs> well, think about this, and this is the story, that, that front office sports uh, has talked to a you know media insider named, uh, actually a securities analyst, who raised eyebrows this week when he said it would be, it's a, it's, would be a no-brainer for Apple to acquire ESPN from the Disney Co., Disney Corp. Potentially a price of $50 billion would be the number. Mm. And as uh, the, the, the guy Dan Ives, the analyst, wrote, that Apple has enough change in their couch cushions <laughs> to fundamentally alter the media rights landscape because they're sitting on billions of dollars as a valuation. They got, the thing about Apple, they just have so much cash on hand. They have and a they, ton of cash. Cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not in debt. I mean, they, yeah. they're, they're living on cash. And the valuation is like, they're like a $2.7 well, trillion so, dollars so, as their market valuation. Something well, like and that. Apple has signaled <laughs> their, their want to get in, into the sports landscape mm-hmm. for their streaming service. They've done the, the, you know, the big deal, the $2.5 billion streaming deal with MLS. And now that is paying huge dividends because I have to say they were a part of the negotiations to bring Lionel Messi to the MLS because, of course, Apple is a global brand, right? Don't think that Tim Cook and Apple, they weren't involved in, with Miami on this messy move. Um, they ben- they're benefiting from it, too. Oh, no doubt. Because uh, the, uh, the, the numbers say that the, 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 Apple, the streams of, of Apple TV for MLS have doubled since Messi has arrived. Uh, and we'll continue to do so. Mm-hmm. That helps them. Mm-hmm. So ESPN, and of course, in, and Apple Plus was the last bidder for the Pac-12 before those talks dissolved, and the Pac-12 dissolved. But if Apple were to buy ESPN, and let's also remember Disney is struggling as a company. They're, it's an old model of ESPN. Mm-hmm. The business model is flaw- antiquated. And think about what Apple would get. They would immediately have the rights to the NFL, to... Cash cow. The, the SEC conference and the Big 12 and the ACC. They'd have immediate rights to the NBA, the WNBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, UFC, PGA Tour, Tennis Grand Slams, Formula One, and ESPN's first two ever Super Bowls after 2026 and 30. Wow. Yeah. And like you said, they, they can afford it. Afford, the whether they can afford it is not the issue. It's do, Does Apple think it's worth their time and is it part of their future business model um, and I think it is because we, like you just said, they want to get into sports. They've made that painfully and, and obviously clear. They want to get into sports, and instead of them having to negotiate with different broadcast networks and different entities here and there, let's just buy the whole damn thing. Oh, you know, you're saying. Well, and you might say, e, 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 buy the whole damn thing. How's Apple going to afford that? Well, Dude, a- Apple has a market capitalization of two point seven trillion dollars. Yeah, they're like the biggest. They're like one of the biggest trillion. companies in the world. They're the first company to ever reach three trillion dollars in overvaluation. So the money is not like you said. It's couch cushion money for them. Yeah. It's tip money for well, them. Well, and that's the that's you know <laughs> big companies ball by smaller companies. Big, yeah. big, uh, so in ESPN right now and Disney is a smaller company, especially on the on the on the rights deal. So why wouldn't you if you're Apple? Say so you know what, no brainer. We, we can spend all our time trying to acquire media rights, but you guys already have them all. We'll just buy you. Exactly. We'll and buy the whole damn, all the the whole apparatus. We'll take it all. And the shareholders at Disney Co. would have to say, okay. Oh, they would love it. That would be huge for us. They've been losing value. They're losing valuation, actually. Yes. So they would, all, they would be on board for it. And I want to say that Apple is supposedly, if you look at some of the – um, like the investor, the and the the basically investing uh, companies, Investopedia, that kind of stuff. All the investment analysis. Uh, s- some say they have as much as fifty-five billion dollars in cash on hand. Fifty-five billion in cash. So they they can pay mar- cash for it. They will have to. a market tri- valuation of two point seven trillion. 
Because they, there are only two types of phones you can have in the entire world, and one is the smartphone, and one is the Android, and they have basically market share, uh, over, majority market share over the market in America. Um, but I believe Android has the international market share over the you know the, the smartphone market. But they're still they're fifty percent of the smartphone market, pretty much. I know around the world, around, around the, world, the world, around the world, and everywhere. And so then the that's apps, where the money goes and then the apps and the, the apps applications and, and, and the, yeah, it goes on. And now they got the Apple TV. Yeah, I understand why. It's just yeah. I mean, and they sell Mac Mac. Yes, know, Apple Macs, the, yes. and they sell lap, I mean iPads, and Close they sell off. iWatches. I mean, I got I got an Apple phone here, and my Apple my household is an Apple household. So, well, keep an eye on that, <laughs> and that's why you want a strong leader at the helm because of the changing landscape that's going to change again. And uh, Texas <sighs> does have one with Chris Del Conte. Wow. Uh, coming up, before we go behind the burnt orange curtain, I have a, a restroom etiquette question for you, Rodby. Oh, I love these. I need the, need your help on this. Please do. Uh, Chris Bennett on the text line says he is Team Android. He is Team Android. Hey, my Fair brother's enough. Team Android. That's okay. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, you should. Whatever choice. It. It's a preference. It's like blondes and brunettes. You know what I mean? Hey, man. It's like boobs and butts. I like them both. <laughs> yeah, t- take you know them all. <laughs> Who wants to choose? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take them both. Uh, all right, we have a guest on the line. Let's, oh, sorry. Let's button that up here a little <laughs> Keep button it classy. Up. Yeah. Uh, he is an expert in the world of college football and college sports. He is uh, with On Three Sports, senior writer covering Clemson. For on three sports, he also uh, the beat writer for the state newspaper in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, covering Clemson. We have them at number nine in our countdown on our way to number one. Matt Connolly joins us. Matt can be found on Twitter at Matt Connolly on three. Hello, Matt. Good morning. Hey, Matt. Hey, yeah. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Thanks now, for listen, us. Clemson. We have them at nine. Is that about right for you in the uh, the overall scheme, big picture of college football? Clemson at number nine in the countdown. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I'm maybe a little more skeptical than others. I just want to see it after watching this offense for two years. You know, I know, obviously, there's a lot of excitement with Garrett Riley coming in. Um, Some expectations that the offense will be much improved. But I don't know. You know, I've just just seen two years of of pretty poor play. And even Kate Klubnick last year uh, in the Orange Bowl against Tennessee didn't exactly – um, impressed me too much, so I'm I'm a little skeptical still. I would probably personally have them maybe in the 10 to 15 range, but I do think that the nine is fair, and I think there is definitely an upside there with Garrett Riley if they can kind of get things rolling and you know have the have the type of offense this season that they're hoping to. Uh, Matt, what have been the issues on offense? I mean, was it DJ Uyunglele just not ready to to take that five star status and pick up where Trevor Lawrence left off? Was it the offensive scheme, talent? What have you seen as a drop off having covered that program? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of everything. I mean, DJ obviously struggled. I'm impressed with your pronunciation, by the way. I've heard I've heard some very bad ones, and that was perfect. <laughs> so that was excellent. Um, Thank you. But yeah, DJ Uyunglele struggled. I think the receivers around him struggle. You know, that's still I think a question mark for me is, is how's the talent at receiver? They don't have necessarily those elite guys like they did with a Justin Ross or, or T Higgins or even going back to Sammy Watkins, Nuke Hopkins, some of those guys. I just don't know that they still have that necessarily um, the offensive line I think was inconsistent you know they brought back a lot of starters there um, and, and so you know I think there's some hope that it'll be much improved but against Tennessee that was a group that, that looked confused at times and had Kate Klubnick running for his life a lot so it's been a little bit of everything the running game has been really good and I think that that's the, the thing you have the most confidence in is you know Will Shipley and Phil Moffin that running game and Garrett Riley as he's known for for air rate also has great running games as I'm sure you all know down there. So I think that that's why there's a lot of excitement with this is, is you see Garrett Riley kind of sticking with the running game more, getting that going. 
Um, and then it should open up some things in the passing game. And, and, you know, if you're Clemson, you're hoping that you'll be able to protect a little better. Uh, I think Garrett's done a much better job of kind of scheming guys open. That was kind of a struggle, I think, under Brandon Streeter, the previous offensive coordinator, too. So definitely some room uh, for improvement. Definitely, you know, some reasons for optimism that, that the offense will be a lot better this year. Um, but I think I'm still a little bit in wait-and-see mode and kind of, you know, expecting it to be improved, but really want to go out and see and see what it looks like first. Hey, Matt, let me ask you about, you know, the coaching continuity for Dabble. One of the things he did that was just really amazing and it really, it almost impossible to do these days is have the amount of championship success that was sustained for Clemson over, uh, you know, so many years and not have teams just come poach all their coaches and a lot of their uh, their assistant coaches and their coordinators. Uh, but recently there has been obviously some turnover in recent years with Brent Venables moving on to a head coaching job, uh, now bringing in Garrett Riley. Uh, what are your thoughts about that it, it maybe the regression was just because of the loss of continuity and now you're kind of resetting some things with the coordinator roles yeah I think that's some of it for sure you know you, you go from Brent Venables who's the guy that was arguably the best defensive coordinator in college football to Wes Goodwin who was a behind the scenes guy who not a lot of people know about um, you know I think he was kind of Brent, I, I won't go as far as to say right hand man but he was a guy that Brent relied on as far as scheming um, and kind of you know, if he had questions about different offenses or kind of got his perspective some too. And so I think that West was kind of a behind-the-scenes quiet guy um, that, that not a lot of people knew. But, you know, if you ask Clemson fans two or three years ago who Wes Goodwin is, probably 70%, 80% of them would have had no idea. So, <laughs> so he's not a guy that, that, you know, I think had a lot of notoriety, a lot of attention even within the Clemson fan base, let alone, let alone nationally. So I think that, you know, that's kind of been an adjustment. He has a much different coaching style than Brent does, whereas Brent's more fiery and in-your-face. Wes is – he has a fiery side, but he's not going to show it nearly as much. He's more of a kind of quieter and, and, I guess, more upbeat type of coach. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's been an adjustment. You know, I do think that he is super smart football-wise, but I do think that there are kind of still some question marks within the Clemson fan base about if this defense can be at an elite level under him. And so – you know, they have a ton of talent over there. They continue to recruit well. Uh, they brought in a really good class this year, led by five-star defensive lineman Peter Woods, who I think is going to end up being one of the best defensive linemen they've had. So, you know, I think that the talent is there. They had a lot of guys come back, Ruka Roro, Tyler Davis, guys that passed on the NFL, Xavier Thomas um, on that defensive line. You know, they have a lot of guys that have been around that have played a lot of football, and so the talent's there. And I think this year is kind of really make or break for Wes in that, not that he's going to get fired if they don't have some excellent defense this year or anything, but I do think that, you know, this is a big opportunity, a big year for him to kind of show that, hey, you know, I got my feet under me for a year. I'm ready to go. and We have all the talent we need to go out and have an elite defense. So, yeah, definitely a big year for him. And I think the defense and, and you know, Garrett Riley too. I mean, there's no pressure on Garrett Riley to get fired or anything like that. But I do think that this is kind of win now time for Clemson. And, and they're kind of interested to, to see if he's able to come in and do what they're hoping he can on offense. Uh, interesting because, yeah, last year, two of, the, two of the last three they lost to South Carolina and then 
Tennessee in that uh, that Gator Bowl uh, or Orange Bowl down in Miami. So what was a promising season all of a sudden ends with three losses. Two of them came late, and now this year the schedule there. Let me ask you about Dabo because we just had to talk about philosophically Dabo. He reminds me a little bit of Mac Brown here in Austin, where I felt like Mac was fighting against the the uh, the way the game was evolving. You know, Mac was against expanding coaching staffs to have analysts and front offices and that kind of stuff when Nick Saban was building one at, at Alabama. Sometimes I hear Dabo swinging out. I, I reminds me a little bit of Mac Brown that he, uh, you know, he doesn't like to transfer portal much. He's not a big fan of NIL. Uh, he's kind of trying to hold the old guard. Is there is there any thought to that for you that, that Dabo was kind of you know letting the, letting things move ahead of him as well? Yeah, it's interesting, and that's a, that's a lengthy conversation to try to yes to have and a lot to walk through. Just because you know, I think that I think some of it is fair that that he's been criticized for, like the transfer portal. You know, he's of the mindset, hey, if if we don't have if we feel good about a position, if we don't have a need, um, then, then we're not going to go out and use it. Where I think is fans and even media personalities um, kind of say, hey, if you can upgrade your roster, you know, yeah, you may have a guy returning that's pretty good well if you can go out and get like at florida state if you can go out and get a keon coleman who's one of the best receivers in the country you know you should still go out and do it even if you have guys that are returning that you feel pretty good about so i think you know i think if they and he's always said if we ever have a need you know if we lose a, a key starter to the transfer portal yeah then we'll go out and get one um but he doesn't use it necessarily to up, upgrade his roster as much as he do does if they ever have a, a need i think and so you know, they haven't really lost starters to the transfer portal. They've lost some, some players to the transfer portal, uh, but not starters. And he, I think he feels like, too, that helps some in recruiting as well. Um, you know, with with NIL, it's interesting. And I kind of agree with him, his philosophy on NIL, and that he's all four players making money, all four uh, players, you know, getting getting paid and getting what they're worth and everything. He just doesn't um, use it in recruiting. And so he kind of says, hey, if you want to come here and NIL is all your focus, I'm not going to promise you that we're going to pay you X, Y, and Z. No, you're going to have a ton of opportunities. You know, they have an NIL facility inside their indoor facility where they have a podcast room, photo shoot room, all kinds of things. They have meeting spaces where companies can come in and meet with them. You know, they've had several guys get national NIL deals and get get really good NIL deals. And so I think that's kind of the perception is he's against it. But I think he's more so along the lines of we're going to use this as a tool when you get here instead of using it as a way to recruit you and try to say, hey, we promised you this amount of money. Um, so, you know, I think that he just doesn't want that to be the number one thing. He wants it to be part of the equation, uh, but not the number one thing. It's kind of the way he views NIL. And so, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad way to look at it, uh-huh. but it's definitely different than some schools are doing it for sure. Hey, Matt, let me ask you about Cade Klubnik. Uh, obviously, here in Austin, a lot of Cade Klubnik fans, and uh, he's been in a different system now. Uh, now he's going to get a new offensive coordinator. <clears throat> what are your thoughts about where he's expected to uh, progress this year, and, and what are your uh, realistic expectations for Cade Klubnik? Yeah, I think he'll he'll have a better year than he did, uh, or, or better year this year than he did the way he ended last year. You know, he was great in the ACC championship game against North Carolina when he came in. And then I, don't, I won't say the moment was too big maybe, but I just think there were a lot of factors in the Orange Bowl against Tennessee that were kind of working against them, um, whether it be the offensive line, you know, not picking up blitzes the way they needed to. Um, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big stage, um, even more so maybe than the, the ACC championship game where you kind of have so much time to think about it. And now, you know, you're the unquestioned guy where you have, 
so much time leading up to the game that, you know, this is my game and, and I'm ready for it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think he had the right mindset maybe, but it is a little different doing that as opposed to kind of coming off the bench and, and maybe playing a little more free. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. But but I do think he'll have a better year this year than the way he ended last year. I think Garrett Riley coming in has been huge for him. I think he has a lot of confidence there. Um, they had a relationship going back to Cade's time as a, a quarterback in high school. Uh, obviously, with Garrett being at TCU, he recruited him some and got to know him some then, too. So I think that that was good and helped with that transition. Um, you know, I, I was at a basketball game right after Garrett was hi- hired, and they were sitting in the stands together talking, already kind of talking ball and, and kind of talking playbook and just getting to know each other and everything. So I think that they have a great relationship. I think that things will go well there. Um, you know, I think expectations were maybe a little bit too high. Just I think people were kind of looking at him to come in and be the next to Sean Watson or Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I just don't know that that's fair to expect for any quarterback. So you know, I think that part was tough. Um, he doesn't necessarily have the arm strength Trevor Lawrence did. I don't know that many quarterbacks in the in the country do at any level. Uh, but you know, I think people kind of were hoping that, that that was going to be the case. And, and obviously, you know, he's a little different type of quarterback. But I do think running, passing, he'll make a lot of plays this year and have a really good year overall. In that system with Garrett Riley. Hey, man, Matt, appreciate it on short notice. That was awesome. Uh, from On3 Sports. Yeah. Uh, writing about college sports and certainly the Clemson Tigers. Uh, doing good stuff right there. Thanks for that. That's a good overview of the ninth ranked team in our countdown. Thanks for doing it. Yes, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. Matt Connolly on uh, Twitter, at Matt Connolly on three. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, I'll give you this for their schedule, Rod. They Davidson. open with Duke, and then they play Charleston Southern, and they've got Florida Atlantic, so they should be 3-0. Yeah, <laughs> should be a pretty smooth open to the season for them. Florida Atlantic, is that Tom Herman, or is he the other one? Florida, no, he's Florida is is FAU? Yeah, he's, he's FAU. Owl, right? Where Casey Thompson is, is his it, quarterback. Are they Owls? The Owls, yeah. Yeah, he's Owl. I Casey Thompson, his quarterback. That is right. right. You're right. Speaking Good of point. that. But then the big one, Saturday the 23rd at Clemson, Florida State in town. Florida State. Remember, Florida State opens with that game against LSU. Yeah, Florida State, man. That first, like, six weeks, Brutal. first six games. Mike Norvell's uh, got it. And we'll yeah. see them on our way to number It'll one. Might be sooner than later. But Florida State plays LSU to start the year. Mm-hmm. They play South Carolina early. And they play then Clemson week four. And South Carolina's supposed to be a, a pretty decent squad this year. I like Shake Beamer as a coach. And really then they got do. Spencer Rattler return. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Spencer Rattler. they got starting some quarterback defense. returning. By the way, we have some breaking news before we get breaking a timeout and get back to the uh, behind the burn orange curtain chatter. It's official now. Let's get ready to bake. The Bake Show is going to be the starting quarterback with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield. Baker Good Mayfield. Baker. There you go. Good for Baker, you, Baker. Baker, the touchdown maker. Where's my $12 million? I was going to say, he needs, some, he needs to start because I think he may need to make up some, for some, some lost funds. $12 million that they can't find. I don't but know how that He will be happen. the starter over Kyle Trask in Tampa, according to Todd Bowles. Good for him. He's still getting another shot to be a starter. He's not a franchise quarterback, but being a starting quarterback, that's the, that's the next step. Yeah, well, he's, and uh, he's, he's right there with Derek Carr as far as most experienced quarterbacks in that division. Because uh, Desmond Ritter is in Atlanta, and uh, the Carolina Panthers are going to go with Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. Yeah. So, and you got Mike Evans there. I mean, he can throw it up to Mike Evans, and I think Chris, Chris Godwin, Godwin still Chris Godwin still playing. Yeah. So there's some targets to throw to. And the defense for Tampa is still pretty stout. They I got mean, some dudes. They got yeah. Defense will still be pretty legit. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. With Ty Bowles calling the place. Yeah, well, he's you know, it's a lot of times when Baker's expected to be good, he's been bad. But when he's got a chip on his shoulder, he's pretty good. 
Yeah, I just think he we, can be good. Yeah, he can. Um, Baker can get easily. He distract. He, he likes to get distracted too. Whether too it be by the media, yeah, and other stuff. So hopefully Baker's just focused. I'm with you when he's focused. That's usually when he's upset. Chip on the shoulder. Then you get the best of Baker. So hopefully for the best of Baker, and hopefully he finds his money. I know that twelve, 12 million. million. That lawsuit, oh, man. Well, he saw if they filed a preliminary. Uh, like a fact finding fact kind finding of thing. Inquiry. Well, hope he finds some facts that lead him to his money. Dude, if you if you were were down twelve mil Ooh. and your your father, who's a part of that, hadn't been able to explain it to you, like where did that money go? Where did that money go, man. Come now, on, twelve million. And you know this, Rod. That's a problem with you, but wifey. Oh, <laughs> man. I said twelve thousand. I'm still wondering where that twelve thousand went. Twelve million. Dude. Oh man, I'm a. Oh. I don't know if I can sleep. Wifey in your kitchen. <laughs> exactly. It's a big way. No, we're not making light of that. It's a shame. Hopefully no, it they is. figure it out sucks, where that man. money it's is. Terrible. That's a terrible thing. All right, we'll come back uh, behind the Burn Orton curtain one more time with uh, all things Texas football coming out of Sark's availability yesterday. Uh, things he's liking, things he's concerned about with 11 days to the opener with Rice coming back. Damn, damn, there's the uh, forecast. We told you even last week there was a chance for some rain on Tuesday, but that rain looks like it's going to slip to the south of us. Oh, man. Are we going to reach triple digits for the 45th day in a row? Uh, That's the question. Where are we at now? Where are we holding steady? 89? Holding steady uh, at 89? Okay. It's like counting kicks to the nuts or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it says it's going to get to 99, but not go over 100. But be advised, it's going to be very windy this afternoon. That means red flag warning. We... Down near where I live, or used to live in Buta, they had a brush fire yesterday. Uh, that grass is brown and will go quick. Yeah, it's yeah, at, this, at this point, you right? It's like it's like but tinder. <laughs> yeah, man, just just do not. Uh, and gosh, and the wind's going to be up. It's a red flag warning <laughs> this afternoon as the, uh, the the winds kick up, and it'll be about ninety nine degrees. We may break the streak of a hundred degree days, hundred plus degree days. But no but rest still, for the weary though. No, still gotta no. be careful out there. So hopefully, yeah, we're not we don't reach triple digits. Said right now we're just gonna get to ninety nine. Something tells me we'll get over. I think something'll push us over. Good debates mm. this morning. Chris Del Conti, also Steve Sarkeesian. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain. Also the uh the tooth fairy mm. conversation that apparently with inflation, kids are getting about uh, on average six dollars and twenty three cents a tooth now. I think that's I think that's fair. Have think, you ever you been to the grocery store and bought eggs lately? I think I know. Or, I have, or bread? Exactly. I have. <laughs> that's, that's part of why I just do the delivery now. I just order it and then I pick it up. They just put it in my trunk. I don't even see the price. You only want too dramatic for you. you yeah. <laughs> I went with the other day. I was going to buy some mouthwash and some toothpaste oh, and some shampoo. It was like twenty one bucks. Exactly. Like, what the hell. <laughs> doing? I inflation. God. Inflation is even the tooth fairy. Uh, tooth fairy adjusted for me, inflation. Smalls. Okay, so uh Rod, I have a hygiene question for you before we get to the Let's uh, do it. burn orange curtain. So in one of our breaks, because we do, do five hours, five days mm-hmm. a week, get here before five o'clock, so it's a long morning. You're drinking a lot of water like me. Uh you're, you're these big tankards of water. Gotta go. So I went to the restroom and one of the breaks was in, you know, shared a urine like right next to the guy. Okay. Down the hall. Went straight to the, actually walked to the wash, washing receptacle yeah, together. clean it up. Is there some peer pressure there? Do I need to, like, I got to make sure I wash at least as long as he 20 does? seconds. Yeah. 20 seconds. He seemed during, to go a little over that. We learned during COVID at least 20 seconds. For a pee? Yeah, pee. Yeah. I know you're very hygienic. I'm, I'm more of a just a soap, rinse. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I felt yeah, like man. I needed to go as long uh, as he did, or else go, I was going to be. How long did it end up being? He went. Oh, he went overtime. Okay. I mean, I'm like, come on, bro. And so, and so, so, so I you, just cut it short. I was like, I'm out here. I'm not doing this. As long as you go 20 uh, seconds, I think you're good. I don't need to pay chicken with you. And I mean, sometimes I go no hands. Do I even need to wash my hands at that point? I'm more worried about the door handle. <laughs> oh, tell us that time. I will say every time I go into the restroom, I I wash my hands. If I'm at work. Yes. Yeah, I do. I wash my, but I'm a, I, I wash my, I had a guy, matter of fact, it was at work. I went to go, number one, went to the urinal, went to the, went to the sink to wash my hands. I was washing my hands. He came out of the stall and was done washing his hands before I was done washing mine. See, oh, that's gross. And he came out gross. of the stall. And I was like, bro, you got to devote more, the stall, you got to devote more, do we know that? You got to more time coming out the stall, man. Come on, Dr. Rosenrose. That's, exactly. uh, that's filthy. <laughs> that is filthy. That's why we need to get the beignets installed here. Not the beignets. Oh, the, the oh, the, that's, 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 that's a sugary that's, treat that's, in New Orleans. I was about to say, <laughs> hell yeah, I would love some of those. Yeah. Bidets, bidets. Bidets. Bidet. That's yeah. great. Bidet. Yeah, I would love to eat a beignet on a yeah. bidet. That By the way, I'm not a big beignet <laughs> fan. I'm not a big beignet fan. I think they're uh, a little bit. Uh, little bit but the mm-hmm. powdered sugar, right? Yeah, but they're kind of. Kinda... It's basically a funnel cake. That's all it is. Yeah, right. it's a, a fancy way of saying funnel cake. Dry for me. Yeah, you're right. I'm not a huge fan. I'm a, I like I like um, like frosting, not necessarily the powdered Just sugar. Give me a donut. Just give you a donut. <laughs> hey, I live by a Shipley's, man. Oh, do you stop there? I used to stop there after work because they would have all the donuts like discounted, and I had to stop, dude. I was I had a problem. I was going like every day, getting donuts and cinnamon rolls and eating them. I had to stop. I was gaining some poundage. I was getting some love yeah, handles I, and some I, I dad bod. I live walking distance to a Shipley, so. Can be a problem. Get up in the morning. I go running. I smell Shipley's. There is nothing Sad. healthy in my neighborhood. I realized that yesterday. I was driving around. I was like, either Dairy Queen, KFC, <laughs> or Wingstop. Something. Or no, Wingstop. No juice land in there. The, 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 I live northeast Austin. There's no juice land up there. No, nah, it's a thundercloud. It's like halfway no, healthy. No thundercloud. No thunder. No subway or something. <laughs> well, you'll There's learn. There's some. Say so. Subway. That's Eat decent. Fresh. Fresh. Uh, I need to share this with you and you guys because I am the product of a donut shop. My parents actually met as teenagers working in a donut shop. Are you serious? Yeah. In oh, Stowe, Ohio. Oh, so you donuts are close to your heart then. I guess, yeah. Is my that dad donut made shop them, still a thing? That, no, that place they gone. met? Oh, okay. Gone. I was about to say. Yeah, they went, they, then they moved jobs over to, to the Firestone Golf Course, I believe, but uh, in Akron. But yeah, they met making donuts. Fell in love making donuts, man. Yeah, Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be here without those damn donuts in Stowe, Ohio. So they were like teenage. Yeah, so. they were. Well, they had we had kids by the time they were like nineteen. Yeah, back then, well, yeah. <laughs> nineteen the and twenty-one. Old generation, you got down, you got you got to it pretty quickly. Like you, got, we gotta was, start a family. Let's start a damn family. Let's I, go. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was super planned, but I don't know. I'll let them decide on hey, that. Hey, you weren't it. You, you, you were you were a surprise. That's all. No, my brother was. Oh, your brother. <laughs> I don't want to say surprise because my mom's probably listening. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I just know they were married on uh, late September. He was born in January. You did so. the math. <laughs> It was a blessing. Same thing with me. I know for a fact I was surprised. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you, you very know much. It. Hey, you know you were, they told you. Yes. Okay, there you go. Yes. I think there are a lot of us uh, that no, probably look, was, were surprises, was the, and that's okay. It was the 70s. You know, what are we going to do? <laughs>
Uh, early seventies too, by the way. But yeah, that's how we met. That's how they met. That's, that's pretty working, cool. Working at the donut shop. Loving a donut, donut shop. shop. There you go. Shirley's has daily discounts? Question mark. Nice. At the end, of, I'm sure at the end oh, of the day. Oh, that's about be... Shipley's. Yeah, Shipley's does. They they discount all their donuts. They got to throw them away. Yeah, they're they gone. Throw them away. They're done. They, they're not gonna be fresh the next morning. They cook them fresh in the morning. So go to, go to the end of the day, like at I don't know, like after one or something, and you'll get like discounted half price off cinnamon rolls and donuts. Oh man, it's it's amazing. I was a fat kid for probably like a month when I first moved over there. <laughs> just eating donuts every day. And I had to stop. My wife was like, you probably need to, you know, it back it back it back a little bit. She's back, right. Yeah. You know, Rod, he of the 12-pack when he was playing football. <laughs> exactly. That's the best ass I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that has never been a problem for yours, truly. But I would also say that... Uh, uh, the, in the, on the donut factor, what was I going to say about that? Oh, we'll go. We'll move on. By the way, it's official now. It's uh, you know, in addition to Baker Mayfield named the starting quarterback. The university has announced the new contract extension for Chris Del Conte. Well deserved. He earned that. He earned that. I mean, that, <laughs> we all agree. CDC earned that, and he's smart because he made something um, that was I don't know unimportant around here, irrelevant around here in most people's minds. The Directors Cup. He made it a thing. You know, he made it something that Longhorn fans cared about. And, you know, some people may mock it. But it actually is a really impressive achievement for an athletic department. And I, I think that was a CDC thing. We didn't give a damn about director's cups before CDC got well, in. because you didn't. I mean, you weren't competing. And we, they, the university, not. in every sport, to be this good, to be I, competing for I really just enjoy yeah. it because A&M people hate it so much. They do hate oh, it. Oh, I know. Well, they do hate it. Really, it really pisses well, we'll them see. off. Well, we'll see. That's another part of the uh, – that's another facet of the move to the SEC that's going to be fascinating because, you know, one of the reasons – I mean, Eddie Reese is a f- the greatest of all time. But, Seriously. You know, there, there are not many you know, schools in the Big 12 that compete in swimming um, where it makes it a little bit easier to win swimming championships. That's fair. SEC – I mean, they're serious about their swimming. Mm-hmm. And Florida. Olympics, some of the Olympics. We're still, sports, yeah. Yeah. We're still winning the natties in the swimming. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, right. You're right. It'll just no. be the conference races in track and field and baseball. It's going to be great. It's going to be it great. Is. Volleyball. That baseball's going to be uh, oh, Baseball's going to be awesome. I mean, the yeah. Big 12's been great in baseball, too. Uh, by the way, in addition to the new contract, the University of Texas at Austin has announced a $10 million endowment from Louise Lewis and Richard Fol- Folger. Oh, Folgers. You know the Folgers? Like co- coffee people? Is that them? Does, I don't know. Mask it. That's only folders I think of. I don't know. Mask it. What's the name? Is that the same folders? Lewis and Richard Folger. Okay. Sorry. If you're not the same folders, I apologize, but I'm really grateful and thank I'm, you as a long one. Good uh, to the last drop. You're donating. But it will create, they've created the largest endowment to a named athletic director in the country. Oh, okay. It's the Lewis and Richard Folger Athletics Director Endowment. Okay. It will provide perpetual flexible funding for non-salary strategic use, empowering the athletics director to launch new initiatives and enhance the excellence of Texas athletics for years to come. It's gonna, uh, oil and gas money. Okay. Yeah, not coffee money. O-N-G, Folger, that's not, energy. O-N-G. Folger, oh, that's that's more money than the Folgers coffee people. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> that's the Folgers energy and Folgers. So, I think I'd rather have the Folgers energy people. Well, so you you said earlier, Chris Del Conte, the rainmaker. Well, he does. They people love to give him money. <laughs> I mean, that's a talent, right? Yeah. That's got to be a talent for people just to love to give you money. And I'll admit, people like to give CD whatever he says to boosters and donors. And I've talked to a lot of them. They love to give CDC money. He is really good at that. Eventually, he's going to have to let the people tailgate again. 
There's no more no. room. There's no more room. I, I think you know what? That ain't all CDC. That's Austin. That's the yeah, city. That's the city. You can figure it out. He, he could. He it could. could. It could be figured out. But I don't think it's worth it to figure We're it out. We're gonna be the only SEC te- team that doesn't have a tailgate. We'll have Bebo, our own unique kind of. It's like, a, it's like a city tailgate. Yeah. And you can bring your booze to Bebo Boulevard. Your, your beers. Your open. I know. No, I'm not saying that. It, it. It. You're right though, Ty. But I think it's a part of the the changing landscape of the city. Uh, also, that he, you know, all that construction down there, all those spots that used to be open, Sad. like parking lots, there are no parking lots anymore. There are like condos and high rises and other stuff, parking garages. Yeah. There's just no room for it anymore, really. Yeah, and the rooms around the state. Got to figure it out. And you, you used to make a ton of money off of you tailgaters because y'all would pay money to reserve your spots and everything, but now they make way more money of sell, like selling that property in Bevo Boulevard. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I said, uh, the Dale Dudley said, Bizarro Dale Dudley said, I used to hit up Bill Miller's right before they closed. They'd give away all the rolls and Ooh. fried chicken. <gasps> what? They gave away all the fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Hold up. They still doing that deal? Hold up. I got to go check that out, Bizarro Dale Dudley. That's, Try that. That's a good tip. It's like the people when that HEB, all the uh, the freezers and fridges broke and people were in the dumpster. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Picking out the food. Hey, man. Well, you I catch just, the right time. I'm I down. remember being at uh, in the dorm at St. Edwards and the Domino's guy would bring by these $5 pizzas. It'd be the end of the night and he'd just mm-hmm. walk up and down the hall. Anybody want a pizza? Oh, we don't. Yes. I've told you all about the guy. No $5 doubt. pizza. Oh, yeah. In Party Cove on Lake Austin that rides around on a jet ski with two giant coolers full of barbecue. That he makes himself. Oh, and he that's goes out awesome! There and sells barbecue by the pound. That's on the money. Lake. What on the lake? Yeah, that is brilliant because everybody's hungry yeah, out there. I buy it every time. Oh, that was, <laughs> that's brilliant. Actually, that is, well, that's. I always used to think. I wonder if that Domino's guy. I bet you he pockets that cash. They probably said, "Hey, throw all these pizzas away." He said, no, "I'm putting them in boxes. I'll go over to the dorm." You might be right about that's that. Exactly. I'm gonna happened. keep this money. I was yeah. throwing it away. Now it's mine. Uh, you right about that. that's a good point as too. A, as a former pizza delivery boy, I can say if you pay cash, there's some. There might be some stuff going on behind the scenes. <laughs> Whoa, what do you mean? You know what? I gotta ask you about that later. What else farls ago on that? Wow. Did the lady ever open the door in a bathrobe and all of a sudden That did happen. What? what? That did happen. Are you talking about like hitting like the movie? Remember Lover Boy? You yeah. know the movie Lover Boy? There, there was some weird stuff. This is so like he was a pizza delivery Hold on, guy. You delivered was... a pizza uh, desperate housewife Half opens open the road. Yeah, that happened to me. That happened to one of my own. Me and all my friends this worked like there. The, it, this is like the plot to an adult film. Oh, and the characters that work at a what was an Austin's Pizza, like in the kitchen. It's a, it's a, it's that's a fun place. That's probably I the bet. second fun, most fun place I've worked. A lot of characters. Day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can believe that. Yeah. What, what are you delivering to the, to Westlake? Oh yeah, and big tips, of course. Oh, big, big what? Big what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> big what? Hey <laughs> now. Yes, of course. Can we? They, pay, they paid for them. Of course, they're big. Ty is taking us behind <laughs> the uh, pizza delivery vans. <laughs> Curtain. Rod is going to, for a quick minute, take us behind the burnt orange It curtain. is the fifth hour, the, the fifth quarter. And they were all asking themselves oh. the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Extra anchovies. <laughs> that's what it was on Loverboy. It was that. They would order the extra anchovies, and that's how you knew they wanted something a little extra with the pizza. Apparently, it's like the lady in the in the HEB with the upside-down pineapple in her cart. <laughs> hey, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about that. That certain neighborhoods in Austin, if you put out certain decorations Pineapples. in a certain way, then they say you can even do it in your cart at the grocery store. That's what I'm saying, yeah. In your you, local neighborhood, you can. And, and if you put them upside down, I've been told that that's people the know? sign of open life. Up in Steiner Ranch, right? 
Up in Steiner Ranch, Ooh, Circle C. Okay. Uh, I've never been a part of anything. You've like never, that. yeah. <laughs> but uh, you've noticed these uh, upside I've heard down the wives' tale. I've done a show on radio for 20 years. Everybody tell, shares the details. That's great. All right. Uh, we'll be quick here because I know we're up against it. Uh, so I want to, uh, I believe my man Jeff Howe asked his questions. Great question. Something I got into actually last week about personnel groupings, which is the combination of uh, positions you have on the field. And I was wondering if Sark would use fewer or less personnel groupings than he used in 2022 uh, because he had, doesn't have Bijan and Rojo, so less multi-back sets or two-tail-back sets. But also, because of the receiving talent he has, a lot of people believe you're going to see more 11 personnel, one-back, one-tight ends, try to put those receivers on the field, as many vertical threats on the field as possible. Well, here's Sark being asked by my man Jeff Howe about the uh, the offensive diversity with his personnel groupings, and Sark saying, no, 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 we're going to try to keep this, uh, this our personnel groupings groupings as plentiful and as diverse as possible definitely definitely i I'm, we are very comfortable right now changing personnel groupings and, and having a lot of confidence in the guys that are on the field you know the fact that we can go from 12 to 11 to 20 to 21 10 for that matter um we can we can go to some big packages, you know, using an extra lineman and different things. So that that's part of our makeup, you know. Historically, that's who we've been, and I feel like that, you know, I've said this a lot. You know, the more things we can do really well, the tougher we should be to defend. That actually is true because uh, that was a quote I got from. Uh, I believe it was the Atlanta Falcons. Actually, it's fitting. Yeah, because I was doing research on Bijan. That's where I found the quote. And essentially, the quote is about using a lot of personnel groupings. Some of the research in the NFL says that the more personnel groupings you use, the more efficient and the more effective your offense is. Here's a quote from the former director of analytics for the Atlanta Falcons who said, quote, kind of what Sark just said, if defenses prepare for an offense by primarily studying each personnel group separately, the more groups and offense utilizes that a defense prepares for, the quality of preparation for that defense will naturally decrease as time is a constraint because you only have so many hours you can practice during the week because of the CBA, even because of NCAA rules. And when you look at the teams in the NFL that are most diverse, there are only six teams in the NFL that used uh, at least four different personnel groupings at least 5% of the time. I repeat, only six NFL teams used at least four different personnel groupings at least 5% of the time. Those were the Ravens, the Falcons, 49ers, uh, the uh, Texans were in there, the Browns were in there. Uh, so you got different teams thrown in there for different reasons. But when I looked at Sark, he uses 11 personnel, 12 personnel, the six O-line package, which they call Big 12 or Big 11, um, uh, and 21 personnel or multi-back sets all over 5% of the time. So Sark is in that group of really creative, diverse offensive play callers, and I'm glad that he is saying, no, we're going to keep that part of the offense. We're going to continue to be really diverse in the personnel groups we deploy because, honestly, it makes life hell on a defensive coordinator, trying to prepare for all those different scenarios, which you inevitably know there's no way you can do it. So you're going to have a defense that's ill-prepared for at least one of those scenarios or one of those personnel groupings. And as a coach, if you can find out which one it is, you can have a huge upper hand. Yeah. Well, and you said this before, too, and you may have just said it. The, um, I mean, it, in college football, you have limited you know, exactly. 20 hours a week to prep and yep. practice, right? So as you said before, the more things that you give a defense to have to work on, 
and you know how are we going to respond if they go to this personnel? How are they going to mm-hmm. respond if we go to this? The more they're having to work to get ready for you, the the I think the worst they're going to be at all of it. That's exactly right. right? <laughs> That's exactly right. You're not going to be able to focus on anything because you've been focusing on too much stuff on everything. Yeah. Yeah. And right. you know, and the other part of that is being that talented and versatile, deep is you can find a weakness of an opponent Yes, and say, oh, man, they can't stop us. They can't stop this, yeah. Yeah, they can't. They don't have the depth for this. You can troubleshoot better as a coach and find that weakness. Yeah, what is their real, real blind spot, and how can we attack that with our different personnel groups? I like that a lot. Thank you, Rod Babers. That's some great stuff behind the burn orange curtain. Also, Ty, behind the pizza guy's curtain. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I should have delivered pizzas on the side. That would be a nice little side gig for me. Yeah. Hey, man, yeah. Got to put something on that OnlyFans account. <laughs> hey, me and the pizza guy. What do you know? Look who it is. We'll be back. We'll, we'll uh, get to what's popping on a Tuesday. What is popping? What are we watching tonight? There's a couple of good things. One on HBO, one on Netflix. That's for sure. What's popping? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass it. It's like stocking. You guys tell me that's a guy named, that's a fellow named Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow, man. He's uh, He was actually one of the, uh, the the co-stars in the new White Men Can't Jump. Which I have not seen. He actually wasn't terrible in that, I though. I won't see. I'll admit. Actually. You guys said he's kind of a scrub. He's in the scrub? rap world, okay. his, his street cred is often questioned because he is seen as someone who's propped up by publicists. And all of these kind of core, I guess a corporate rapper basically. Did Corporations you, love him. Do you either of y'all know the comedian Drewski? No. Yes. Not so, Drewski. You know, they, yeah, they, yeah. they were best friends. Like they. Yes, I, I remember seeing like the, the GIF and everything with them on it. So are they not cool anymore or something? No, they are. They I just, still like I, just, okay. I realized one of my friends told me this weekend, was like, yeah, they, they both like came up together and told each other, like, yeah, Jack Harlow said, I'm going to be the most famous rapper in the world. And Drewski said, I'm going to be the most famous comedian. Look at that. Like, Look at that. Way to the top. And so Drewski's doing kinda... a great job of content creation. But Jack Harlow, as a rapper, he's got some decent content. But he may end up transitioning into acting, actually. Good. Drewski just started a sports agency. Drewski. Drewski did. Yeah. He signed a Florida wow. a Florida cornerback who's projected to go in the first round next Good year. for him. There you go, man. So, uh, Got to evolve. The... Uh... The neighborhood where the the pineapples live, according to this guy, is not far from you, Rod. Meridian, Meridian neighborhood down by uh, eighteen twenty six. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. guy, that's, that's what a guy said. I don't. Know. <laughs> you might want to make a pizza delivery there. Or something. <laughs> Do you know? Um, so Jack Harlow's kind of the Jake Paul of boxing. Is is that the rapping kind of thing? Jake Paul actually is, is he a good boxer. Jake, yeah, I want to say and the Paul brothers, which. I want to say there's Jake and Logan, right? Have they ever fought like a real boxer? Like a yeah. real, real boxer? I believe they are. I believe Jake's actually fighting some real boxers. They may not. I think they're maybe, you know, not guys who are high up on a totem, but not champions or anything like that. He beat one of the uh, Diaz brothers, didn't he? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He fought, he fought real boxers. They're like YouTubers, though. They're yeah. YouTubers. They were, they were at first, they were influencers, but now Influence they're actually. Pulse? Yeah. They were on Disney Channel. Yeah. That's where they're, oh, they started. Jack but in Logan with the WWE now? And they do yes, WWE I, stuff. I get, I get them mixed up. I do. They look exactly the same. <laughs> they do kind of look yeah. alike. I hey, can yeah. I uh, get what's popping up for me? I know there's a, there's a new HBO show or series tonight, but for me, it's going to be baseball because this AOS is getting better and better. Here's the thing: Rangers lost last night. If you went to bed feeling like Rangers were going to win, they were up one nothing in the ninth inning, and Araldis Chapman gave up the tater uh, to Marte. So then it's 1-1. Rangers get to the 11th inning, take a two-run lead, go up 3-1 on a Nathaniel Lowe single. The bully blows it up again, and they mm. end up losing 4-3. to That happened after the Astros and Mariners both had already won. Ghost So the lead has tightened. One and a half over the Astros, uh, two over the Mariners. And tonight they all play again, and uh, the Rangers have to play Arizona and face their, their best pitcher. Zach Gallen will pitch tonight. He was the 
National League starter for the All-Star game against John Gray. That should be a great pitching matchup there. Meanwhile, the Astros will have Justin Verlander on the mound as they will play the Boston Red Sox in Game 2 of that four-game series. And those streaking, stinking Seattle Mariners are playing in Chicago against a really bad White Sox team. They're going to win that game. Um, you got to feel like. but uh, So, yeah, this thing is getting tighter and tighter. And the Rangers, that's one last night that really hurt Ty. That's a tough, tough loss to have leads twice and have your best relievers. That was Will Smith and mm-hmm. Araldis Chapman. Both blew it. Seems to be a consistent theme throughout the year here. It's been a little bit better, better as of late, but can be losing those those uh, leads in the ninth, that's for sure. And, they, and, and as E pointed out, they still got a tough schedule to go. The yes. Rangers are struggling now. They haven't really embarked on the tough part of the schedule, yeah, and they still got to play the Mariners. Last seven of the last ten games are against Seattle. Yeah, I mean, that's, so so yeah. That's it. Right now, we'll admit the Rangers. This is a bad time for them to hit. Kind well, of a, remember they had been sixteen. And, they had been sixteen and two since the All Star break with their first eighteen, and you're like, man, these guys never lose. And then Milwaukee got them for three. Now they've lost to the Diamondbacks, and here comes Houston. Look, Houston. I'm not. I'm. You know, they got another rough start from Christian Javier last night. They won the game, but Javier is a mess right now. Framber Valdez isn't pitching very isn't well. Great, yeah. Hunter Brown isn't pitching very well. You know, they need Justin Verlander tonight to give them a good start. His last one out against Miami was not good. Uh, they need him because they're pitching, they're, their bullpen just continues to get worn out. Yeah, because starting pitching is not <laughs> playing really well. Not pitching well right really now, well. Houston doesn't have the look of, a, of the part of a, a starting pitching staff that's ready to be October primed, but that can change. You got a while. Uh, and then time. the Rangers has been their bullpen, and this Seattle team just continues to win. So uh, that's popping for me tonight. I'll be watching that. What do you got, Rod? Uh, I'll probably watch some Hard Knocks, no doubt about it. I'll check Episode out Hard Knocks. three. Yes, my wife's into it now, so now it's part of quality time. Wife can there watch it go. with me. QT. Because she wants to watch. Uh, once she's interested in Aaron Rodgers. And what a, she's not, she thinks he's uh, arrogant, though. Of course he is. Aaron that's my solo. I was like, he's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he's not paying attention. She's like, thinks he's arrogant on the show. And I was like, yeah, I think that's part of his... Um, it really is kind of part of his aura now is that he's at that at that training camp he's like considered like demigod status, yeah, like the way he, they treat him around there. Yeah, he I, goes, think, I think in Green Bay they were used to him. Now he's in New York with a lot of young players. And yeah, they're like, they're, like, they're exactly. They look up at him and they talk about how they looked up to him as a youngster and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm gonna watch that tonight. Also, there is another show on HBO Max, HBO show though called Full Circle. That's actually pretty good. I'm starting that. Full Circle. Yeah, nice. it's good. It's not bad. Uh, also, if you want to, Netflix has dropped now the another untold. They got the untold Johnny Manziel documentary, and now the untold story Swamp Kings. I got that out. Florida Gators. Yeah, upcoming four part Netflix series about Urban Meyer, uh, two national championships, off field issues, Tim Tebow, Brandon Spikes, Major Wright. Um, of course, Aaron Rodgers or Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. Hernandez was on I don't know why I don't want to mention Aaron Hernandez first. It's like you had a serial killer on a national championship football team. That's never happened. That's your lead. Yeah, <laughs> you I, had a serial killer yeah, yeah, on yeah. a national title team. That's the lead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, that is. That's unbelievable. I'll, I'll be looking forward to that, uh, the untold. Ty, do you have a gambler's pick of the night? You were a winner, winner, chicken dinner last night with your – Washington upset of Baltimore. Baltimore's 24-game preseason winning streak is over with a field goal late. 29-28, what's your pick tonight? Well, I'm feeling good after last night, so I'm going to give you a parlay, parlay for tonight. I uh, got Washington over the dreaded Yankees. Uh, Yankees stink. They're plus 157. We got Chicago Cubs over Detroit at minus 120. And the Seattle Manor, Mariners over Chicago White Sox at minus 150. I like that parlay. Yeah, nice that. Uh, and I would say the Cubs are playing really good ball. Cubs are playing really good baseball right now, no doubt. Um, Yankees are not. No. Washington's not very good, though. That would be a concern for me. 
and Seattle just buzzsawing everybody. Hey, Rod, great stuff. Enjoy your Tuesday. Have fun, brother. You too. Yeah, man. Looking forward to another edition tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Thank you, Ty. And we'll spend all that money in one place on the Commanders. That's where the that's where the parlay is. That's where that's coming from. There you go. Um, those winnings. Use half of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, so, uh, yeah, the last time the Ravens had lost a preseason game was 2015. Charlie Strong was the coach of the Longhorns. Been a bit. Been a bit. That's an amazing run. Hey, uh, great show today. Five hours every single day. We'll do it again at 6 a.m. tomorrow if you missed any part of today's show, including our, including our preview of Clemson uh, and the, uh, the Longhorn Chatter. It's all there for you on the podcast at hornfm.com. We'll